You are listening to the Fire and Lunch podcast. As a reminder to those listeners wishing to remain unspoiled for the books, run. This is an all-spoiler podcast. All published books and novellas are fair game. Thanks. This podcast is brought to you by Hot Pies Hot Pies. They are really hot. And who are you, the proud face said that I must eat this pie? Uh, yes, we are recording at this moment. Are you serious? This is yeah. terrible. Hello and welcome to PieCast. This is the first episode and we are Fire and Lunch. I'm Rachel. I'm Lauren. I'm Katie. I'm Jenny. I'm Megan. And I'm Jeff. So we are here to talk about the first episode of season four of Game of Thrones. It's called Two Swords. Uh, But before we get into that, I kind of want to talk about how we actually got to see the episode because we're recording and it's actually uh, several days before the first episode premieres on HBO. Well, (laughs) we are very, this is Katie, by the way, we are very fortunate in that we have kind of grown this little community of Game of Thrones fans. So between all of us sitting at our computers clicking furiously, trying to get ourselves tickets to this event. We also managed to go forth to our network and try to round us all up tickets. We managed to do it about three days before. So we are very lucky that all six of us got to go to this thing. Uh, she, what she's talking about, by the way, is the Barclays Center fan experience. Yes, I probably should have mentioned that too, huh? So who liked the the experience or who thought it was lame? <laughs> Which level? Talking about, yeah. I give it a Jared. A Jared. Oh, well, this is a good time to talk about our rating system, Jenny. So we are rating things based on Frey Pies, Rhaegar, Jared, and Simon. Rhaegar being the best, Jared being middle, and Simon being the worst. Like, can, can we talk about what who these people are and why Jared is stuck with the worst rating? Poor Jared. Why, why no, is he the Jared worst? is the middle. Simon Jared's is middle. The oh, okay. I, I just don't <laughs> like the name Jared. Okay. <laughs> so these these are the phrase who were baked into Manderly's delightful meat pies, and yeah. Rhaegar is the best because obviously it's Rhaegar and Rhaegar is always the best. Jared is in the middle, and Simon the worst because Jared is older than Simon. So, we just picked them out of a hat. Wow, that's, that's how we did it. Yeah. Ageist, huh? Jared is older, and therefore. No, is it? No, who's. Simon's older. I have a thing against Jared. Jared is older. Oh. Okay. Do I'll I need to list all 22 phrase? Because no, that is oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm sure that'd be excellent podcast content. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Brooklyn, there was this thing. And like seven thousand people got to go, and none of us got to sit together. Oh, but we were in spirit to together. together. There, there were a few of us who got to actually make contact, which was nice. But I didn't even don't... know that Lauren was there. This, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I swear. She was. I accidentally hit her in the face when I got really emotional about a scene. It was a thing. Yeah, I think actually every time we see some kind of premiere of some sort with Game of Thrones, Katie hits me or throws things in my purse. No, I only threw things in your purse once. It was yeah, I was trying and it was popcorn a bunch later. Anyway, all right. So we got to see the episode early at the at the you know the fan experience in Brooklyn. Um, they gave away an Iron Throne. Common did a set in a sweater. 
And <laughs> uh, right before the episode came, came on, uh, George and a lot of the actors came out and did like a mini sort of panel. Which um, was amazing. That part was good. Yeah, I, I thought that John Bradley was excellent. He really is. I think it's funny how uh, when someone screamed out, you're a wizard, he really was convinced they were calling him a wiener. Oh, John. I mean, I think he's uniquely perfect for New York audiences because he's very dry and he's very sarcastic. And I think everybody in that room kind of identified with him the most. That arena. That arena. Yeah. Well, it's a room. It's just a really big room with several thousand seats in it. (laughs) Before we go into the episode, because I feel like that that is sort of looming. What does everybody want to see in this season? You know, what's the one thing you want to see? Jenny can go first. Uh, I guess I'm obviously really excited for the Oathkeeper scene when that arises in episode four, because Jamie is my favorite character. Why is he your favorite? Because he's pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because he's pretty. I am superficial and I only like beautiful characters. Awesome. (laughs) No, really, why is he your favorite? Because I find him intriguing. That's a good... No, the the superficial and she only likes beautiful characters is good enough because this is Fire and Lunch, okay? And it is a TV show. (laughs) Exactly. He's beautiful. There we go. Enough said. Enough said. Uh, Megan, I haven't heard you. I'm most looking forward to the battle at the wall with giants and mammoths. And who's your favorite character? Jon Snow, of course. Because he's everything. Yeah, everything <laughs> has to do with Jon Snow. <laughs> that's uh, that's a, that's totally an inside joke, by the way. <laughs> inside joke that we're going to make and not explain. Moving on, Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to agree with Jenny because uh, I I'm a huge Brienne fan, and uh, I think that's a I think that's a really important point in their in their relationship, and uh, I think uh, that's gonna be a really cool scene. Who's your favorite character? Uh, it's, I have like, I have a few, but I guess Brienne and Jamie are really my, more than anything. All right. All those pretty people. <laughs> uh, we're going to go with Jess next. Well, Megan kind of stole my answer, but I also want to talk about, I guess, Sansa on the, the snow castle. I hope that's there. Well, it is. I mean, I mean I, yeah, it was in the trailer, right? I mean, was it? Well, it's just, I just love that scene in the book. It's just. I don't know. I'm a big Stark fan, so. There was a there, yeah. There was like a half a second of like Sansa walking into like a snowy. I assume. Yeah, true. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, so that and obviously the battle at the wall, Mag the Mighty, all that jazz. It's gonna be awesome. And Katie. Um, Wait, well, you asked me who my favorite character was. <laughs> because it's Jon Snow. You said they, it was nobody Jon knows Snow. that. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yes. Who's your favorite character, Jess? It's Jon Snow. <laughs> <laughs> and why is he your favorite character? Because he's pretty. No, no, like, it's, it's because he's, no, oh. I, just, I just love Jon. I'm not going to explain. I'll be here for days. We only have, like, an hour. Yeah, Rachel, you didn't ask me that. What? Why is he your favorite character? Yeah. Well, why is he your favorite character? I mean, I, I truly <laughs> do not know why, because... Why oh, are like are you implying something, Rachel? Are we going to have like a fandom war right now? No, honestly, though, think about this. We are we've been friends for a while for the podcast people out there, and we haven't really discussed why our characters are our favorites. I know, so that's it's kind of cool. I'm asking, I'm sort of putting it's, you on the spot while, while yeah. I'm recording you. It's great. 
Oh, do you, you want, want to serious? No, yeah, like, serious? seriously. Megan, you want to go first? Sure. I'll go okay. first because I had to answer this during a focus group years ago for the show before the show aired. Um, John's my favorite just because I find him the most relatable and I've liked him since Brand 1. So since the Game of Thrones and Brand's first chapter. And I just find his story more interesting than the others, and I find him relatable. So that's basically the shortened version of it. Oh, and then me, obviously, because, like, going back to Brand 1, he just puts himself before others. This idea of, like, always putting duty first. Um, he's loyal. He's a nice, good character. Um, kind of like why I like Brienne and Sansa. They're, like, in the same vein as him. But I can go on for days about John. <laughs> I going to hear... <laughs> Okay, now Katie can go. Okay, hello. Um, no, honestly, my favorite character is Jon Snow as well. Um, so the scenes I'm looking forward to are the Battle of the Wall. Um, but I'm also just, I'm looking forward to Jon taking a little bit more of a proactive role as well. And other than him, I'm loving the Martells. I'm happy to see them introduced, and I'd like to see more of them and more of the Viper, Oberyn, and just that whole area in King's Landing as well, the wedding and everything. But oh, and to answer your question, John is my favorite character because, um, you know, he has a lot of things that going against him. He's a bastard and he's got to deal with that whole social structure in Westeros. And I root for somebody who has to fight a little bit harder in their life. So, Yeah, that's all bullshit. He's also Can hot. Just... Fine. You know what? Kit Harrington is a babe. There's a monthly <laughs> there reminder. Let's just that. rename it the John cast. He's like... <laughs> Sorry, Can I just go back to what Katie said about the Martell is a little off topic, right? So the guy who plays Oberyn, how old is he? Are, are you asking, is the next yeah. question, is he single? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was asking because thinking of the his daughters, right, the Sand Snakes, if he's like, he looks very young. So I'm just, I'm just wondering if they're even going to do that on the show. He started early. Yeah. 12 <laughs> years old. True. Okay. Because in the book books, he's like 40, but the guy does not look 40. So I was just wondering. Yeah, they're actually going to go there. I, I can yeah. buy it. I'll buy it. And he looks a little young. To have, like, teenage daughters who are, like, doing what they're doing on in the books. I'd buy it. 39. Okay. Wow, he is? Mm-hmm. I kind of got us off topic. Sorry, guys. He's 39. We've accepted he's old enough to have children. Okay. No, I'm good with the, I'm good with the segues, because I have no answer to my questions. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Rachel. Rachel's the only one. So, Rachel, <laughs> who's your favorite character, Rachel? Yeah, Rachel. I have a no favorite character. Bull lies. <laughs> Talk about Asha. I have. Here's the thing about uh, the way that I allow myself to like characters in Game of Thrones. I don't allow myself to get super attached because I'm afraid. Wise. That's wise advice for newbies. It is. Uh, I don't know, because I feel like if I got as like horribly obsessed as I get with all other characters in books that, you know, when they're this, you know, when they're horribly murdered, then I'll just have to like throw myself out a window. So I like bad guys. I like Joffrey and Asha and Varys. She's not a bad guy. Well, or a bad woman. She's, I mean, she has her own. I like characters who have their own codes. Yeah, definitely. Oh. Kind of why I like Jamie. Well, Ferris. Ferris could just fucking die. I'm sorry. <gasps> oh, my <sighs> God. No. Say how you really feel, awesome. Jess. 
ruined the end of the last book for me. I'm sorry if that's a spoiler for anybody, but no, I got fuck that guy. That part. Fuck we've been pretty guy. like so, we've been spoilering all over this place. We've no, talk- this is not a spoiler-free uh, podcast, so it's all right. I mean, Varys, he does. He has his own code. I wouldn't necessarily call him good or bad, because who is good or bad in Westeros? It's just what side you're on. We also don't know his agenda. That's the At thing. all. And whatever his agenda to. is, he's willing to sacrifice his whole life to do it. I mean, he's dedicated a lot of time and planning. Yes, he has. He's also, like destroyed any sort of peace that may have been happening in Westeros, so he can just go fuck himself. I don't for know. For the realm. <laughs> yeah, for the realm. For the realm that varies sees fit, you know? But I mean, you I can argue... The black fire. <laughs> you can argue, though, that the peace that you're talking about would have just been temporary, and he's trying to get something a little bit more permanent. That's true. With Dagon. But it's something that benefits him, so I still don't think he's, like, He's still selfish, just like everyone else. Well, yeah, I'm not saying he's selfless, like, that he believes in the little people. I mean, he is, whatever whatever his goal is, he's willing to dedicate his life to that goal. And I think that's interesting. Plus, I have a soft spot for Unix. (laughs) (laughs) I think we we can all agree we're all in here for cripples, bastards, and broken things. Yeah, I love bastards. There are at least three bastard lovers. I don't hate John. I just think he's kind of stupid. In what way? Can can we talk about the fact that after a dance, after Rachel finished a dance with dragons, she needed hours of therapy with us. Five hours. Therapy to talk about how John's not dead. He's he's dead, you guys. He's He's not not dead. dead. Okay, no, he is dead. But he's not. We've been having this argument since 2011. He's only mostly dead, okay? (laughs) He's not dead, dead. Okay. You're right. He's stuck inside a dog. A direwolf. For a little bit. He's pulling a Fitz, and he's not coming back. Oh, Oh, God, I hope he doesn't pull a Fitz. Chekhov's eye cells. George didn't make us read about those stupid freaking eye cells and the body that didn't decay for an entire book just to have John stay in Ghost. So he's stuck in a zombie? No, yeah, his, body his body is going to be preserved. Yes, it's preserved. It's preserved and waiting for him. No, they're going to burn it. They're, they're not going to burn, burn it. it. They're going to hack not it up. He's, he's going to have no legs. He's going to be just like, he's going to be Team Stump. He's not going to have any arms and legs. He's just going to be like a lump <laughs> with some really good hair. And it's just, it's. Look, Jamie is going to send his goldsmith down there. John's going to get some sweet, like, prosthetic arms. It's fine. It's fine. Maybe that's why he has that black ice armor in that. I just dream. feel like he's huh? the archetype. He's the he's the fantasy character, and that because of that, there's no way that George is going to raise him up on high and let him fulfill that destiny. But that's that not would what be books are about. No, but that's nearly twenty years of foreshadowing down the tubes. I isn't. I mean, yeah. What sort of destiny are you talking about, Rachel? Because I feel like a lot of people want him on the Iron Throne, and I and a lot of his fans just don't. That's, like, not their endgame for him. Well, I'm talking about, in like, in general for, like, the trope. Like, there's always oh, okay. the, there's yeah. always the boy who has abilities that he doesn't understand and, like, royal parentage oh, that he doesn't know he has. Right. And he's special and he goes to lead people and, you know, he, he gets to be the hero. Like, that's the, that's the fantasy trope. Yeah, but if you look at those tropes, though, most of those leaders have instant success and he is not. I mean, he, he, he got dead. 
before he got any kind of success. We haven't even seen it yet. He got voted Lord Commander. Uh, that was because a fluke. Of Sam. That was like manipulation. It's yeah. always a fluke. Yeah. That's uh, whatever. You guys can just no, but that that wasn't a fluke. That John apologies. I have a question. <laughs> So at the focus group that Lauren and I did like years ago, one girl when I said John was my favorite, she kind of very not rudely but you know kind of snobby way said John's the Harry Potter of game of, of a Song of Ice and Fire. Would you agree with that? I don't think he's as cool as Harry Potter. Potter. Look, Harry Potter, I love him, but he's kind of dumb too. Oh yeah, well, no, yeah. I, I was mean, like, hey, I love Harry Potter, so I'm fine with that comparison. <laughs> But I think I know what she means, that he's the person that all the interesting people rally around, you know, that he's the facilitator of all of these other characters that you get to read about. Yeah, I agree. That's what In a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still like that kind of character. I mean, I like John. He's he. You're right. He's a good person. He's fucking dumb commander, but. <laughs> I would disagree, but that's I, another yeah, podcast. Yeah, that's okay, let's remember idea. he was raised by Ned. Not exactly the best person to make decisions sometimes. I mean, it's like... But he, he also ne- was crazy by Mr. Lewin, so... And obviously all the men at the wall, like, you know, Mormon and Eamon and all those people. But he did fall... As well. he, he fell back on Ned's advice, though. Right at the end, right when he was starting to isolate himself, all he could hear was his father's voice saying, you can't be friends with them, which is true. But it's weird because he overvalues the the yes. lives of common people. And I mean, I know this is callous, but when you're in charge of not only all the men of the Night's Watch and all these wildlings, but possibly in charge of saving all of the North or even Westeros itself, you don't have time to give a shit about like one person. And he does. And that doesn't make him a good commander. Well, maybe it makes him human, though. Yeah. It makes him human. He yep. loves his sister, you know? Well, if you look, human. At, look at the different commanders that we have presented in this series. You have Danny, you have John, you have Tyrion, and then you have the older generation, all of whom have flamed out horribly at this point. And there are three, I mean, each one of them has their own thing. John cares too much about the common people. What would you think Danny's? real issue is she compromises too much on her on her own principles i would I think agree that's with her that. issue i would agree with that she tries to she has a vision and she's letting too many people give her advice because she, i think she maybe is insecure in her abilities she I think she's just that, trying though. to prove a point she's just she's just trying to show that dragons should be there it's like i don't even think she understands what it really entails half the time. But she throws her dragons away. She should really read Princess. No, I mean, what I mean by dragons is, is, is the Targaryens, that they consider themselves dragons. And so, like, she thinks, like, she, she sees them as being in charge all the time, but she doesn't really know what she needs to do. Because half the time, she's just wandering around. I think she knows exactly what she needs to do. I don't think that her, I don't think that the Targaryen way of, of, structuring the world and ruling the world is necessarily a benevolent way to rule but that is you know there there is a targaryen way i don't know i feel like you know she she represents like you know divine right she was her you know she was there she was there to rule and if she can't do that then she can't do anything she doesn't compromise well she's not a diplomat she's 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 there to to give orders and you know to hell if you don't take them. But she's she's come to terms with that, I think. I think it's time for her to burn some people. Well, she said at the end of the book, right, dragons don't do not plant any trees. 
or something along those lines, which is yeah. sad too, which is sad. Yeah, I don't know if she's going to win, but she sure is going to make it, you know, fun to I run. hope she doesn't <laughs> win. <laughs> I hope she flies to Westeros right, so- sometime soon. Yeah, I hope that at least. We'll see. So, and now in terms of Tyrion, he was the other leader. What would you think that his fatal flaw has been? Besides alcohol? (laughs) (laughs) His fatal flaw. There are plenty of drunks who make decent political leaders. I think his fatal flaw is love. Because he's hiding a lot of pain. He loves his family. He really, I think, at, you know, I think deep down, he really does. And he's been betrayed by so many people, and yet he's still a sensitive person who who really feels things. Uh, and I, I think that's true of everybody, though, in the book. I was gonna say, I feel like John feels that way too, in a way. Yeah, exactly. You just said that John, you know, his way to follow Danny. And Danny. Yeah, but John cares about people he doesn't know. He's like, oh, I'm benevolent. I have to save that person over there who's probably going to be a zombie. But I'm going to send all of my army over, you know, to well, that goes back to his like duty to his vow, right? Protect the realms of men, and he includes wildlings, includes everybody, and they're not just the Night's Watch, not just the Northerners. Everybody is in that vow to him. So he's, you know, sticking to like that one point of his vow. So he'll he'll sacrifice his whole army to save twenty people. Do we know it's twenty people there? But what? What? Well, whoever, however many they are, they are dead. <laughs> what? Hard home? Yeah. Not they if Davos is the first, or no, Davos is going to uh, what? Davos. Rickon. Yeah. Who? Who? <laughs> All right, fine. As we as as it is clear, we argue a lot. Oh, we do not all think the same thing. Um, alcohol generally helps. So does feeding each other uh, treats. Um, <laughs> that may or may be filled with secret ingredients. Alcohol. To... <laughs> yeah. Alcohol and that other. May not yeah. just be other alcohol. So anyway, two swords. That episode we saw. That episode yes, we, that we, we saw. <laughs> we should move along. Yes, we should. Um, what do you think, Rachel? What should we move along? Um, I'm going to give it a Jared. I, I want to keep I want to keep my Rhaegars back a little bit because I feel like I feel like next you know the episode two is going to be a Rhaegar episode, and I, so I don't want to I don't want to devalue the <clears throat> Rhaegar. Uh, I I really really liked the intro. Um, I thought it was. I mean, there was that that whole like ten minute recap. Which I guess has to exist in a show that's as complicated as that. But I think in a perfect world, you wouldn't have to have <laughs> 10 minutes of them showing you every single scene from the last three seasons so that you understood the significance of what was happening in the first five minutes of the episode. Do we what think that happened in the first five minutes of the episode? Again, that's when they make the sword, right? The yeah. Sword? Okay, yeah. Do we think they're going to show that whole intro before... The regular absolutely. showing of the first episode? I hope so. Yeah, I think they I need to, for the, so. especially for the Unsullied, I think they really need to. That's true. they got to get that other... Pauliver scene in there. <laughs> well, they have to get the beheading scene in that badass wolf scabbard that's that you true. never it's... notice. Yeah, it's, it's funny because when they did show that one scene, my first thought was like, why are they showing this random thing from season one? And then when it started, I was like, oh. And then, of course, I started to cry. Right, and that's when the <laughs> entire audience just evolved into a puddle. I thought it was a perfect segue. Yeah. 
I was really just happy that they showed it because I wasn't sure they were going to put a focus on the fact that it, the two swords came from ice. So I'm glad that it was featured prominently. I think May and I were just raging because we were sitting next to each other. We were just shaking our heads, just like, fucking Lannisters. Fuck them. I don't know. I had had rage. It was rage and also sadness and tears. Yeah, but a lot of rage. I was like, I hate Tywin. (laughs) It just reminded me about all the reasons why I hate the Lannisters from the book. Agreed. Well, and Tywin was just so proud of himself, you know? Yes, he was he just was. like, look at that. We've got some Valyrian steel in the family. Oh, yeah. And Charles Dance was brilliant. He just throws away the line, like, oh, the original weapon was absurdly large. It was! I it agree was. with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't deny that. It was ridiculous. It was like, like, have you ever seen people that actually make the versions of like the Buster Sword and yeah from from Final Fantasy? And then you, that it's it's a Buster Sword. That's all. It is. <laughs> well, it's like those massive swords that they used to use in the Highlands in Scotland that they really could only twirl over their heads and pray to God they didn't cut their own head off as they're running down the hills. And that's basically what it is. And the trick worked once, and then you lose a sword, and you're like, shit, I have to use something else. But is there something in my kilt? I don't know. It's one of those swords. One of those. I mean, it was, I mean, the whole, I mean, I think it's, the, the, the blade itself was probably a foot wide. A foot wide? Yes! <laughs> I don't know if it's quite that big. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I just think that it's pretty absurdly huge, so I it's would definitely. definitely taller than Jess and I. Yeah. Oh, yeah, most Many things are taller than Jessany. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. We so, do you. you want to start talking about Oberyn and how he was intro? Well, should because... we all uh, give no, a rating? You know what? <laughs> Rachel, should you start talking about Oberyn since you have a special <laughs> relationship? It's really strange because, like, the spell that he put on me when I saw him in real life it does not exist when he is on screen. I think he's very attractive, but I don't know. He has a weird intensity in real life. Should we explain how you met him in real life? Oh my god, let's. Let's uh, talk about it. Let's talk about how awesome I am. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> winter is coming. Let me go to the premiere in New York and interview cast members on the red carpet. Uh, and then I did a write-up. If you want to read that, you should go to winteriscoming.net and uh, read it. It's called, I think it's called Winter is Coming Sent Me to the <laughs> Premiere to Interview Fans. I think that's the full title. Uh but it was really awesome, and I got to talk to a lot of people. But yes, I was definitely affected by Pedro. So much so that you were still talking about it at least in an hour and a half later. Yeah, we were still having uh, drinks afterwards. Yeah, I know. I, I, no, I'm still affected by it. It's happening like right now. I'm getting a little hot. A little. Are you looking at your pictures on your cell phone as you're talking to us? He would just, like, get so close to you. He was, like, two inches from my face. Anyway, I felt like Oberyn was introed pretty spectacularly in this episode. I also love how they introduced Dorne, that that scene from the book where Pod's just naming all the flags. So that was a nice little thing for the book fans, that scene. Yeah, it was definitely a nod. (laughs) Yeah. Pod Pod is the historian on the show. Jenny's our historian in life. I try. He's just like I. All I could think when I saw that, when I watched that scene, was Jenny being like, "Yeah, I can name all those. That's these people and those people and those people." <laughs> and I was totally doing that as the scene was happening. <laughs> if anybody like, ever I wants could to beat him to this, <laughs> the little background knowledge on Jenny, she's like our trivia like yes. wizard. 
if you anybody know, ever wants to win trivia, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> Sorry. Or come in second place. Yeah, no, no, come no. In second place. I'm sure Jenny will take a fee if you really want to win in trivia. <laughs> just hire or her. Or if you just want to know some obscure fact that no one else will know unless they really scrutinize the appendices, uh, Jenny is your girl. You know what horn was blown in Jamie's chapter in A Feast for Crow? <laughs> oh my god, get over it, Jenny. <laughs> or how many trueborn sons of Walter Frey there are. <laughs> 22, to 22. our 22. I know, because of the t-shirt. We'll never forget. Do you know the name of those two twins? <laughs> Sarah and Sarah? Sarah and Sarah. Sarah and Sarah. Um, for those of us who don't real. know, <laughs> the ones who, the pe- people out there in podcast land, uh, we <laughs> go to way too many trivias, especially of Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire, because there's a distinct difference there, and we all have lost on some spectacularly stupid questions, most of which we've named in the last I do have seconds. to say, though, I have some statistics on this. So we have done 13 different book or show trivias between Jesus. the six of us. God. Of those 13, God. we have come in first seven times and second six times. So we have never not come in first or second place. So I think we're doing quite well. Oh, hold I think on. so, too. Do you count that time that I came in first and you guys came in second? Or is that, like, not oh, a thing? Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so you can count that as a half point. Yes. So we have the average that went out. Half a pie. Come in first seven and a half times. And come in second six and a half times. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, there are five of us, and then there was only one of Katie. So maybe it should be... A different percentage point. But the but point is, is that she math. beat us, and then we said, you can't beat us anymore, Bia. You have to be in, on our team. They absorbed me. It was weird. There was a ceremony. There were feathers. It was really odd. It's fine. Well, we made you a cake pop, so, you know. I, and I just figured out which one I was today, so there we are. <laughs> Who did you think you were before? I wasn't sure. It was either. How could you not be sure? They look exactly like us. They're very accurate. This is true, but I was a little thrown by the hair. So, Oberyn Martell. <laughs> it was perfect. It was, he was perfect. amazing. He was perfect. They kept the bisexuality. Yes, they did. Which was exciting for me. And he got to put one over on that crappy um, that boy prostitute. Oliver? Yeah. Why do you know that? Because it's just his icon that we talked about it five seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Because it's Jenny who knows the obscure facts. No, I, I know Olivar is too. He's like the new Rotho. He's like Littlefinger's uh, go-to whore in his Rotho. Can he go to the wall and become Satin? No, because Satin is it doesn't look like that. No, no, no I don't care. No, Satin yeah. looks like Satin looks, looks like John. Yeah, Taylor, so yeah, yeah. we can't have the we can't clone him. So <laughs> Oliver, would could, you. could we clone him? One for each of you. <laughs> I don't want him. No, I just <laughs> met the three that are obsessed. No, okay. Obsessed? It's not an obsession. It's passion. <laughs> That's obsession a little bit negative negativity. So back to I mean, if you don't know that, like, some of us are obsessed with certain characters by now, you're, you know, it's, I always say if you don't know that I'm obsessed with Jon Snow, then you're probably not close to me at all, so... 
So I'm crossing off, off John. I know there's a whole section that we're supposed to go over where we talk about John. I'm just crossing him out. Yeah, I don't well, have to talk about John. You can do that, Rachel, over but him. I feel like we're still going to talk about him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we have to Our talk about his part in the episode because it was awesome. It was. So now we're, we're in the episode. We've talked about ice and how it broke all of our hearts. We are talking about Oberyn and how my heart was not broken. I'm sorry. By ice. Okay, fine. So all of us had broken hearts and Rachel's over there cackling. All right, fine. (laughs) I was excited. I wasn't sad. Yeah. Okay, so Rachel. Because Oathkeeper was born. (sighs) Oh, that's right. Yeah. Can we talk about about Indira Varma and how amazing she is? She is really good. I was. And yeah. her costumes are so good. I mean, did I not call like a year and a half ago that when Doran showed up that all their stuff was going to be orange? It's all blood orange. oranges. They're blood orange. <laughs> Motherfucker, it's red. <laughs> oh, God, I knew that was coming. <laughs> if she didn't say it, I would have. <laughs> and I like how bold she is. She doesn't care what people think of her and what, what she is. And she's like, just call me what I am. Yeah, you know, I'm a she's bastard. In... She's a whore. Let's not like, you yeah. know, exactly. Let's not bastard. bastard. Yeah. <laughs> so after Oberyn is a badass and sort of uh, slinks around King's Landing, being super intense and scary. Um... Oh, can we talk about Oberyn and like Rhaegar and that whole scene? Yeah. With Tyrion. All right. So I, I kind of internally fangirled because I feel sometimes they leave out the history. So it was really nice for them to go back to, like, Robert's Rebellion and talking about that stuff. Like, I appreciated they it. they didn't mention the L of... They didn't mention the woman. He's like, he's like, Rhaegar went away with some woman. I was like, some woman? Well, to be fair, this is his sister who died for all of this. I don't think he's going to spend too much time thinking about the chick that her husband ran off with. That's true. Also, she's the chick that, uh, you know, cuckolded his wife. Right. I mean, his, his sister. So. Yeah. Probably not too high on his list of people he gives a shit about. And they're already establishing right from the, the top of the show that, yeah, the, the Dornish people do not like the Lannisters, which was, was great to see, too. So. It was a great yeah. introduction to them. So. It was. I'm wondering if they're going to show any kind of relationship that they would have with the Starks, like if there's going to be any kind of comments. Because at this point, the show is going to take over the books. So any foreshadowing they give in terms of script, I am noting I want to know if they're going to have them have issues with the Tyrells. I hope so. I hope so. Because that was like a main point in the book, right? Well, not Oberyn, yeah. but like other well, Politically, the yeah. They're not well, like so. having Mace and Oberyn sitting in the same room was considered strange in the book. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Maybe when they introduce Mace Tyrell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't even think the, the Martells really give a shit. I think it's really Mace. True. Yeah, maybe they won't give a shit about them, and then the Tyrells will be all like, oh, hello, we're over here, and then... Well, except that Willis doesn't exist, so that bad blood won't exist. Well, we don't know. We don't know. Nina Gold may pull something out of the heart. Loras was was the heir to Highgarden in the show. Oh, man, that's right. There's no puppies, guys. There's no puppies. All right, so we can talk about John now for a little bit. You guys get like thirty seconds. Oh my god, yay! <laughs> it was perfect. He finds out that Rob's death will happen off screen. He doesn't hear about it on the show like in the book. So in the book, he hears it off screen, and on the show, he hears about it off screen. 
And they kind of changed something in the book, right, where he's like, I hated Rob or something. I wanted to hate Rob, but I couldn't. Something along those lines. But you know he that said he wanted to. But he he said he wanted, yeah, he wanted to, but he... Right, but he couldn't. And it just is perfect. I mean, you get this amazing scene with John in front of all these people that hate Jan O'Slint, who was so fantastic to see him again. Right. And Maester Eamon, who was wonderful. You get this amazing scene where Kit Harrington actually gets to say lines. First time in four years, you guys. Like, it was what? really nice, actually, getting to like see him like move with a little bit of purpose and speak instead of just kind of doing what... John has always done, which is kind of stare off to the side and look grumpy. <laughs> it gives me hope for the rest of the season. He does grumpy well. What was the sassy line he said to Jano Splint? We were talking about I was the commander of the City Watch, and then what did John say? <laughs> Janice goes, I was the commander of the City Watch, and John goes, well, you're here, so you obviously didn't do that good of a job. <laughs> I, I just liked how, I liked how sassy uh, ma- uh, Mr. Mr. Amon was. Yes. Yeah. How can you tell people are lying? I grew up in King's Landing. Except I was he waiting didn't. for the bitch. Except he didn't. I was waiting for the bitch. I grew up in King's Landing, bitch. That should have come. And I, I, I got a little excited when there was that little reference at some point to uh, to t- Duncan the Tall. I'm sorry. I just was thinking about him being in, in King's Landing, and it just connected that to me. Sorry. I well, that's I when we get this... to Jamie. So yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, just before we start talking about Jamie, I did want to say all the trivia that we've been doing has made me a lot more alert to all the Dunkin' Egg stuff that they've been putting in the show. So thanks, thanks, Jenny. You mean for... Dark Sister, Rachel? <laughs> oh my God, that good that's Dark another Sister. Question. <laughs> just not in the. It's really strange. Anyway. That's another yeah. trivia question that we got wrong, guys. Sorry. So now we can talk about Jamie and Jenny because I know clarification. You are we talking about Jamie yet? <laughs> Yay! Yeah, he didn't knock over any wine goblets. It no, was but he so did disappointing. Wave. He, he did, did wave, wave. Sassily. He did wave. <laughs> <laughs> but that, knocking over the wine glass better happen at some point. I feel like the Most wedding is in the perfect second time. episode. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> If there's a little throwaway scene of him just knocking, and it happens in the background, but we see Jamie knock over a glass, I think the entire, if we're in a bar watching this, everybody's going to crack up. Well, I hope. All the people have seen that video. Or everybody who's read the books, which if we go to a hipster bar, may not actually happen. But it's been it. on the internet since like 2002, right? True. It's really old. I've seen it like 9,000 times, so. <laughs> so uh, talking about Jamie and Thursday, I guess can we go move on to that uh, scene? I hate Cersei. Okay. Oh, no. I like no. Cersei. Really, does she get in the way of your ship? <laughs> she totally gets in the way of my ship. But no, that's not the point. She's just, she's, I mean, she's, she's great where she's such a brilliant, tough woman, but I hate the way she treats him. Well, yes. Well, they treat each other like shit. I think True. some people, we were talking about this um, at Trivia, actually. Uh, somebody mentioned that people are kind of angry about that scene because, you know, he makes a move on her and she's like, fuck off, not now. And they're like, she would never do that. She wanted him so much. She like, always does that. I've never but seen her not, not do that. Further in exactly. the books. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking show only. She has never not done that. The but she only does time... that in the books as well as the show. But right. especially the show. This was the only time I've ever seen her be into being with him was when Bran caught them. Yeah, she wasn't even. And I don't even. I'm not even too sure about that either. either. But that was the first season, so that was awkward in general sometimes. (laughs) 
So are they setting up, uh, so Cersei doesn't want to sleep with Jamie in the first episode, and she's like, you took too long. So are they setting up the fact that she is sleeping around with other men? Absolutely. I okay. hope so. I That's hope what so. I assumed, okay. yeah. Although there's no moon boys, so. <laughs> Darn <laughs> it. Um, it's going to be, what's his face? Oh, man. The Lannister. Lancel? Lancel. It was, yes. it was Lancel. It's going to be Lancel. Will he bring his wig? Will he bring I his wig? Uh, did you guys did you guys see the the Brian Cogman tweet from yesterday that said they cast Hugh Laurie as Moon Boy? <laughs> that, was a, that was his April Fool's. Yes. Oh, can yes. Hugh Laurie be on the show, please? As Moon Boy. As Moon he can Boy. play the piano. He can, no, he could be a new minstrel. <laughs> he could be a new wedding band member. Oh, he could be the minstrel. We'll send him and... a shirt. Well, I don't know. I really enjoyed that scene. I, th- I like that they, um, you know, have been presented as this cohesive unit and all the time that they were apart, they have been longing for each other. And now as they put them together, they don't work. They're sort of imploding. And I really, I enjoy that. Uh, I don't know. The Lannisters are the source of strife when you're watching the show. You want them to, you know, you know, be like... Mori Povich or something. <laughs> it's the Jerry Springer element. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They start throwing chairs. <laughs> or dragging them around. <laughs> That's true. Well, we can talk about the Jamie Joffrey scene as well. Yes, we, we oh, need which to talk is when they mentioned Duncan. Because that I, is amazing. Yeah. The white book, and they mentioned Duncan the Tall. Although and, he should not have come after whoever he came after. That was a weird Arthur order. Dane? Arthur Dane? Yes. Maybe they read backwards in Westeros. Maybe they go from front <laughs> to back. That's what Jamie does, right? No, they no. But, but then well, Joffrey Jamie came after to... Duncan, so it was a little weird. Well, I think Joffrey, yeah, but Joffrey just... is dyslexic, too. Let's just imagine he was skipping. And besides, he never liked to read as a child, so maybe he just wasn't doing it well. Yeah. That was a trivia question, guys. There you go. <laughs> I like uh, that. Uh, I, I like that they showed the book, though. That was nice. Yeah, I like they showed yeah. the book, and that's, I think it's interesting having interaction between Jamie and Joffrey because we never get to see it in the books. And so it's kind of fun watching them play off each other. And just seeing how much of a twat Joffrey really is. I fucking love I, it. I, I love that transition him. from the statue to him standing in the room. It was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to miss Jack. I'm just going to say that. Definitely. To Joffrey and Jack. Uh, all right. Well, I want to. I want to talk about my favorite part of the episode, which is all the parts with Dario in them. Okay. Yes. Sexy is coming. The best part is when they said his name four hundred times. In case you <laughs> forgot who he was. Dario. He should have just had a name tag. Yeah, they should have just put like a they little bubble. Well. Like, this they go, Hello, Dario. my name is. It's the pop-up yeah. video version of Game of Thrones. Oh my god, that would well, be no, amazing. That would be amazing. Let, let's pick how they mapped out the scene. Okay, we need to have Dario in the scene with somebody who we actually know. We should probably put Danny in there. What other character would he actually like compete with? Oh, Grey Worm. Okay, let's have a really stupid fucking competition <laughs> that they can do so we can say his name 50 million times. And the scene was fun. I liked the competition. I know that it wouldn't. Con- I know that it wouldn't happen in the books, but I liked it. I liked that they were just broing. I just like <laughs> looking at the new Dario. So mm-hmm. I was happy. He's pretty hot. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. He Except there, the blue roses should be winter flowers, not oh, that's so true. Weird. desert. No. I think that that was just a nod to the fans, maybe. Just to be like, look, there's some blue roses in it. We put them in the wrong place. <laughs> like, it's like an Easter egg. 
It's like, like here, fans, just go crazy. During Ridiculous this scene, wrong. whoever's veins start popping out of their foreheads, those are the people that read the books. <laughs> Everyone else who's blissfully ignorant, those aren't your... Those look like a yeah. bodega rose. Yeah. Take a rose. <laughs> Which is so, so Dario, it hurts. You can buy a six-pack and your flowers at the same time. Yo, girl, yo, girl, I got you this rose. And I got you some Cheetos. <laughs> and a 40. And a 40. But, like, not the most expensive one, like the super cheap one. Well, he should have used the blue dye on his beard instead of the rose. Oh, Burn. So maybe that was it. They were trying to give us the nod to the beard in the blue rose. I think that we should work on an edit and like just like something you upload to your I don't know how this works, obviously. Something you upload to your computer so that whenever Dario's on screen, it like gives him a, a little blue beard. Or we just put like one of those blue beards on a stick and then hold it up to the screen. Oh, that's a lot of work. We, if you want to do that. No, but we could do that. We like a drinking game? So like when it lines up, you drink? Yes. <laughs> Everybody has to bring one to the next viewing that we do. <laughs> Every time oh, Mario's that's on That's Sunday, guys. We, we gotta get on that. Oh, God. I have to make Faso Frey pies. I have to make Frey pies as well. well I have a list of, like, so... five things I want to make. <laughs> Megan, you'll be happy to know that the Faso Frey pies will be full of pink ladies. Oh, good. Oh. We love pink ladies. Yeah. My I'm buying shit. You're pulling a Rachel? I'm pulling Rachel. No, I'm pulling um, a Jess. I, I'm buying shit. I don't cook. Now that this is devolved, um, I went to a cheese place and I said, hello, sir, you look hipster. Please forgive my nerd, nerd question, but can you tell me what cheese is good for a Game of Thrones party? <laughs> and the man. You sh- You're like, you're wearing plaid and you have a beard. Tell me what cheese to eat. <laughs> that is legitimately what happened. I went in there and I asked him, and you could see him really trying hard not to laugh. I said, "I'm, I'm th- having a Game of Thrones party," and he goes, "As one would," and then promptly, sh- <laughs> and then he showed me a block of cheese that was surrounded in grape leaves, which were soaked in pear brandy, and I'm like, "Oh, sir, would you like to come?" <laughs> He's amazing. I'm sorry, my mind went to a very dirty place just now. <laughs> I'm like speechless at this point. (laughs) Should we explain what we're doing for the premiere since we're talking about it? Sure, Jenny. (laughs) Even though this is going to go up after the premiere, you can tell people what they missed out on. So we are going to the premiere at Over the Eight, which is a bar in Williamsburg, for our final book trivia tournament night, as well as they're airing the premiere there. And we will be there super early to play the board game, among other various games being brought to the bar. And we are going to try our hardest not to lose. Sounds <laughs> like a plan. I'm going to be positive, and I'm going to say that we're going to go there and win. There you go. That is the correct answer. Yeah. I just want to play the board game correctly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Put it on my list. Figure out how to use ports. <laughs> I'm just really excited about this grape surrounded cheese. Oh, yeah, that sounds really good. (laughs) The crepe leaf cheese. Well, you know, if we don't do well in either figuring out ports or the actual trivia, we will have plenty of treats to make us feel better. Can we talk about Aria? Yes, Yes. that's what I was about to just bring up. Let's talk about badass little Aria. Oh, I I don't... I'm not sure badass is what I want to really... I, yeah. I think broken is more the word I'm thinking. Oh, see, I, but you know me and my villains. I think the more deranged she gets, the more I like her. 
No, I think half of us are of that mind and half of us are just brokenhearted at this. So if you are brokenhearted, please indicate so we know who's talking. Yeah, that was the other part of the sh- I cried at the beginning and then I cried at the end. <laughs> like that was the other part where I cried. I just it was to me it's really heartbreaking to see her her get to this point that she doesn't even she she doesn't even function like a, like she should. She's she's just going with whatever she can in order to survive and it's really sad well to me i think that is a testament to like the human animal that when you're so when you know when the things that you have gone through are so fucked up that you can pull a you know pull a a a daemon and a stefan and sort of turn (laughs) off your emotions (laughs) no just oh my god oh the humanity Stefan, Stefan. Um, I don't even eyebrows. go here. <laughs> I don't even go here. <laughs> I'm so glad we brought up in. the Vampire Diaries on I had to sneak that this in. podcast. I had to sneak that in somehow, some way. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Anyway, I, I like that. I like that he kind of goes into, you know, there's a lot of psychopaths in the books or I'm not a, I'm not a, a clinical psychologist or anything, so I might be using the wrong <laughs> term. Please don't. Tell me that I'm supposed to mean sociopath. No, that's the same thing. No, no, that's the same thing. That's oh, like see? Thing. You're doing so it to me right now. You're doing yes. it. No, no, you're good. You're good. You are using the right term. I am? Okay. Yes, yeah. There's a lot of those in the books, and some of them seem to come from that through, like, you know, it's the nature versus nurture kind of thing, like through their lack of nurture growing up, and some of them seem to come to it via circumstances in their formative years. And Arya is the latter, and I think that that's very interesting. I just feel like it's the the last the last piece of her innocence is now gone. Whatever whatever she was still holding on to is completely it's completely gone at this point. Well, she can't afford to be innocent though. I mean, she's a a, a girl, soon to be a woman, in a really awful place to have. Right. A she's a girl. That's the yeah. thing. She's a girl. That she should have some sort of innocence, and now it's all gone. No, but ugh, I don't know. I mean, she needs this. She needs to be able to survive. And of anybody, it shows that she can. You know, oh, okay, I'm in a really violent place. I'm going to go to violence, and I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to become damn good at it. Well, I think I'm everybody boring, seems yeah. to see Sansa as the girl, and they forget that Arya is one, too. That she's still young. I think I'm sorry, they Megan. Both, I think they both desire vengeance. Yeah. They're just going about it in different ways. I thought the scene was really well done. My main issue was the fact that a lot of the crowd in the Barclays Center started cheering. And I was <laughs> like, this isn't actually a happy moment. It's sad. Like, I agree but with more. But she it's got a sad her sword moment. back, so they were happy. Yeah, I didn't cheer. I thought that was rather weird to cheer on a little bit. I thought that was kind of disturbing, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I was a little I was disturbed. Like, yay, horrible violence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was well done. It's just. Jess and I were just like, why are you cheering? This is really sad. Well, yeah. I think they cheered loudest when she was on the horse. I think it was more like, okay, she's proved her worth. She's got her sword. She helped get food. Good for her. Yeah, she got her sword back. I mean, that made me happy. Well, I think that made everybody happy. It's just yeah, how she went about it, I think. it's that, It just breaks my heart to see well, her she didn't start lose everything. She did no, she didn't. start that fight. No, she totally didn't. But she damn well finished it. Yeah. She took her opportunity. Uh, well, uh, you know, the, the Arya and the Hound were the last, the closing scene of the episode, which means we are that much closer to the Purple Wedding. 
I am super excited for the Purple Wedding. I think that's going to be my favorite part of the season, although I am sad that it's going to come in episode two. Yeah. But it's George's episode, so it should be exciting. That's when Martin's writing. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, but I don't really, how are you going to top that? I just don't know. I don't think that you're going to be able to top that because that's going to be everybody's favorite fucking part. The I battle think... at the wall, man. Tywin. The Viper Ty... versus the Mountains. Stoneheart, I... if they ever get to it. <laughs> Stoneheart, if they ever get to it. I don't, do you think that that's going to happen this season? I feel like it would be a great close, but I'm. It last would. Last scene. It, it's going to it be. Has it has to, to be. be. Like, yeah, it for better the last be. Because I can't perfect... take I can't take Danny sailing around on a <laughs> on a sea. Of oh, that was awful. So, Rachel, you gave your pie rating, but other people haven't, right? Right. Right. Let's go around. Lauren, I give it a Rhaegar because I just feel like it was one of the best episodes that I've seen. Um, I, I think uh, it it. Emotionally, it hit me in a lot of places, and I think that's what what I really needed to see for it to to get a Rhaegar rating. Katie, um, I gave it a Rhaegar um, because it it probably is the best episode I've seen since season one. Not that I haven't loved the show up till then, but I felt like it felt the most like the characters I knew and love in this, and I felt there was a lot of humor in it. So Rhaegar for me. Since Rachel gave it to Jared because she's saving the Rhaegar for later in the season um i guess i guess i can give it a jared with like a slice of Rhaegar. <laughs> so that would you be know. a ray red i mean my thing with this episode i thought it was really really well done and it's definitely there was a lot of stuff that was not directly from the books whereas like the first season there were so many scenes directly word for word from the books whereas this basically almost nothing was directly from the books but it felt really confident and I think that they're getting so much better with writing their sort of fantasy scenes that may have happened in the book off screen, off page, because those weren't POV characters. So I think they're getting a lot better with that. And it really showed in this episode. Jess? I'm going to give it a Jared. Um, it's, it's solid, but the first episodes, I just feel like they're just introductory episodes. So as far as introducing all the characters again and bringing us back into Westeros, I thought they did a great job at that. Um, yeah, so I give it a Jared. But it, but Jared leaning towards, I want a little bit of a piece of uh, your Rhaegar pie, guys. Just a piece of it. <laughs> a sliver? Uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe like a little bit of, a little bit of your pie, guys. A sliver of Rhaegar. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's like my grandmother measurement there. <laughs> old old wait, your one grandma's finger putting one. fingers in your pies? <laughs> no. That's how we measure like measure in my house. And Megan, you didn't go, did you go? Um I'll go with saying a tentative Rhaegar. Like as I really did like it, but I maybe upon rewatch my opinion could change, but I thought it was great. I thought the pacing was really good. It didn't feel slow at any part. I felt they moved it really well. And I agree with Jenny that even though stuff wasn't taken directly from the books it felt faithful to the spirit of the books so i appreciated that and the first five minutes killed me so i'll i'll love that forever <laughs> I, I i'm i'm still i'm still waiting for that purple wedding so wait, wait for my Rhaegars, guys it could be a walder oh that's that's like for a really shit pie that's like an uh old leathery hey yeah, but when he's going to our, our, our patriarch there <laughs> 
hey man, I call it like All I hail it. Lord Walder. Okay. <laughs> All hail Lord Walder, please don't hurt us. Well, that was our first episode of PiCast, episode one of season four, going over two swords. Uh, join us next week for The Lion and the Rose. All phrase must pie. <laughs> All phrase must pie. And as we end this podcast, uh, I would like to do the traditional toast of fire and lunch to Jon Snow. To Jon Snow. And so he broke that sacred oath, that lord of the crossing, and now the pie crusts cover his kin, and they're so good to eat. Yes, now the pie crusts cover his kin, revenge it tastes so sweet. I'm looking at the banner. Rachel, you're introing first, and then it's Lauren. And then, is that me? Yes. Okay, so me, and then Jenny, and then Megan, and is then Jess. Is that me? You don't know what head is you? <laughs> I wasn't sure. <laughs> and I, I felt weird asking. <laughs>